Yo, 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 what up world? How y'all doing today? It is Jacques Slade and this is the Outside the Box Podcast. I am so happy to see, hear, talk to you guys. As you guys know, this is the podcast slash video slash show slash piece of awesomeness uh, that kind of touches on everything from tech to music to sneakers to politics we do it all here we are we are a multifaceted organization uh we are multifaceted individuals uh well two of the three are multifaceted individuals uh some of us are just hype men uh and one of those hype men is me my name is Jacques Slade um but this show would not be what it is I'm switching my microphone here people uh, but this show would not be what it is without the other two individuals on the show. That is Nick Ingvall and Tiffany Beers. Nick, go ahead and tell them where they can find you. Uh, Nick Ingvall, I, uh, let's see, my multifaceted qualifications include, um, <laughs> uh, let's, way back starting the East Bay blog when I was working for Soul Collector Magazine, uh, Complex Sneakers back in uh, maybe like five, six years ago, did digital content for Finish Line. Uh, worked for StockX for a while. I'm just I'm just all over the sneaker business, but this is the most exciting thing I've ever done because I get to learn from Tiffany. Tiffany, go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> I'm Tiffany Beers. I have some facets, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> I like facets. Um, I worked uh, in the I've worked in the shoe industry for about 13 years. I have a plastics engineering degree. I'm a crew chief for my res- my husband's racing team, which is just us, so there's not much of a team. Uh, and yeah, I'm doing some other fun stuff. You can find me at Tiffany Beers on Instagram or YouTube uh, and Pinterest. You know, we don't talk a lot about Pinterest, but it's still there. We don't. We don't. It we is. don't talk enough about Pinterest. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's a good point. We don't talk enough about Pinterest, and maybe. Uh, next episode, we'll take a deep dive into into Pinterest, the sneaker world and Pinterest. I've never explored sneakers and Pinterest, so now I'm actually officially interested. I want to see what that looks like. Uh, if someone out there knows about the world of Pinterest and sneakers and you want to come on the show and talk about it, let us know. You can send us a tweet or, or a gram or a DM at Outside Pods and let us know what's going on with the Pinterest slash sneaker world we need a collab popping off the pinterest dunks or something like that i don't know i'm just throwing stuff out there see and this and this is why i have the other two on the show because they they let me ramble uh so let's kick off this show with uh some news that actually just popped up this evening really from adidas they're going to debut a members only creators club that offers early access to product and more now as a sneaker guy this is something that definitely excites me um but i feel like this is something that should have come a long time ago um, I felt like Nike maybe tried to do it a little bit with sneakers kind of catering to that sneakerhead audience. But this Creators Club seems like it's going to be something more that really takes that hype crowd and creates something specifically for them. And I can see this almost becoming sort of like an exclusive thing for for that sort of sneakerhead crowd and maybe getting more people interested in Adidas and Adidas sneakers. Um Nick, uh, I know earlier Jordan had that flight club, but that seemed to be more of an influencer thing. But this seems to be more customer facing, which I think is really probably the better way to go. Yeah, I think I think this I mean, there's a lot of potential for this. And I think it kind of um, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, I, I don't know if they're still around. I, I think they are. But clout spelled K-L-O-U-T. Um Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was started, you know, probably like, man, probably like 10 years ago or something. And ironically, that was started by a guy named Joe Fernandez, who was actually really into sneakers. And they did a bunch of clout branded shoes back then um, as like Mm. as like pieces to, you know, pieces to send out to people that, you know, like use the site, had high clout scores, you know, had engagement and all that stuff. And I think this Adidas thing does seem to be more... from the sounds of it, it seems more refined, right? It seems like we're going to take into account how much you spend. We're going to take into account if you go to events, how much you're, you know, connecting with us on social, 
all of the different kind of things and they're breaking it into levels, right? To kind of say like, you know, here's your entry level. You might get early access to, you know, certain products all the way up to like the fourth, which I don't, they don't say what the names of the the levels are, but, you know, assuming like that would get you potentially invites to things with either their athletes and entertainers or, you know, even cooler events maybe that aren't quite, that aren't as easily accessible. So I think it's a really cool way to kind of, um, you know, just get people to, to be involved and, and, you know, participate in what the brand is doing. I think it's awesome. Like, it reminds me of the airlines, right? Like, free upgrades. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, like, it's almost like, like, anybody can be an influencer based on, like, I was worried at first thinking that it was, like, about based on how much money you spend. But if right. it's going to events and all that stuff, too, like, that's that's cool i like it i can't wait to see how it goes we can all be jacques now working with adidas uh, <laughs> i'll take that one my, I, 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 I get i guess my my biggest thing with this one is is kind of what tiffany just touched on is that i don't want it to be a like how much you buy sort of thing yeah um i think there there are many people and i, I try to I say this to to sneaker people sneaker people like they're a, a race <laughs> Um, to, to, to people in the sneaker community all the time. Like, it's not about how much you spend. That doesn't make you a sneakerhead. Um, and in this situation, like, I don't want, like, I don't want someone to feel like they have to spend money in order to get into the Adidas club. Like, if you're going to events or maybe, maybe the only way you can really interact is like you're interacting on social. Like, you're just very active with the Adidas accounts and very active with Adidas athletes. And that's how you get access. I, I like thinking about this, I would love to see like a breakdown of like how much certain things weigh you know like oh like if you buy a bunch of stuff that that weighs this much but if you're like crazy interactive with us on social that gives you more weight in this category and if you're going to a bunch of events that gives you more weight in this category so not just the person that spends all the money well they get discounts they get invited to the exclusive events and they get all the special limited edition product when someone that's active on social should probably get that same access even though they don't spend the same amount of money i know at the end of the day it's about sales but i would just like to see almost like a bit of an olive branch from the brands that allows like the disconnect of of pricing or or of sales and allow like just engagement and um what is what's the word loyalty to the brand to kind of have some precedent as well but um this obviously is way too early to know any of that information this is all pure speculation just all making it up um if you want to check this out there's actually a video on this if you look up welcome to creator club on youtube the video should come up um reading some instructions here you don't have to do anything to be a part of it you just have to sign up on adidas.com so if you have an adidas.com profile you'll be uh enrolled automatically or if you just want to do it in store or do it on the app you can do that as well but i think it's pretty exciting i kind of wish more brands would do something like this to kind of reward those that are loyal to the brand because there's a lot of there's a lot of loyalty to brands but i guess and this is probably going to introduce a totally different topic but i feel like some brands feel like they don't even need to introduce something like this because they have such a crazy amount of loyalty yeah i think that i think that uh there's definitely brands out there that have that kind of like i don't know uh, there's not really a nice way to put it but like arrogance about them where you know i think that's something that all the brands at the end of the day regardless of how successful they are right now the last like three to four years maybe even a little bit further back than that is like proof that you really need to be taking care of your customers in 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 a more uh in in a more holistic way than i think brands previously thought right there's 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 so many ways that things can just take a turn for the worse if you're a brand because the internet kind of levels the playing field and people forget so quickly that you know that that like nostalgia piece is kind of almost gone in a sense it, it comes back here and there but um you know i think the the cool thing about this too is like the potential to get people involved and and be active you know if if they're able to connect this to like the I, I don't know what other cities do it, but here in LA, right, you have the Adidas kind of run club type thing where, you know, they're going out and doing things on a regular basis. They bring in the parlay 
you know, events and stuff like that. That kind of stuff yep. to me is is even more powerful because all of these brands, you know, use some form of fitness tracking app or devices or, you know, even, you know, wearable tech. And that is, I think, we're, we're, we're getting closer and closer to the point where that becomes almost like over the top of, you know, kind of fashion in a sense because of the nature of people just wanting to be healthier, you know? But yeah, I don't know. This this is pretty exciting. I, I hope that you know it's it's going to be really difficult for them to be transparent and like this is how you earn points because then it just becomes right. a like oh I did it this way. Here's the formula. How do I get the free stuff or how do I get early access to this product? Um, so ho- yeah. hopefully they'll, they're able to keep that moving in the right direction and and keep people kind of you know attentive and excited to be supporting the brand. Yeah, I think it's going to be huge. We were talking about this before. Like, if you can tell the local stories, like, what about, you know, Josie Schmozy that lives out in Kentucky? You know, she's not around a big city, you know, and she's got an amazing story and she's super loyal to the brand. Like, they're going to find those people now much easier because they can just, they'll see the loyalty, you know? Um, I think it's super cool. And, you know, the dream is that they start to use, I mean, I would as being in product like you start to use some of these people as your testers you know like you're gonna get all shapes all kinds all different levels like it's not necessarily the most loyal that are most important i mean on some level you better take care of them but you're gonna have access to all different levels of loyalty and you're gonna see what the levels are and that is probably more valuable than some of the like what you would expect so I can't wait to see it. I bet all the brands copy. I bet they all do it because it's gonna be a, it's gonna be huge. How could they not be huge at this point? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a very interesting take. I love that. I love that. But uh, I, I'm I want to see how it goes. I mean, they haven't detailed when everything is going to drop. So um, if you are interested, just make sure you you create a profile over on Adidas.com and. Um, as we find out information, we'll obviously let you guys know. Or if Adidas contact us, <clears throat> Adidas contacts us about this. <clears throat> Sorry, make sure I can understand. If Adidas contacts us about this, um, we'll definitely we'll definitely make sure we we share the information with you guys because we feel like it's something that you guys want to know. Uh, now, quickly transitioning because I love making it awkward. Uh, Nick was talking about health and healthy devices and things like that, and um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, your toilet paper may have a heart rate. Um, I know that sounds weird. And uh, I just want to say that it's not just your heart. I mean, it's just not your toilet paper that um, your banana may have a heart rate as well. Um, So there's actually levels to this. Um, (laughs) I I say that in jest, but that is because uh, there's a story going around the Internet that uh, people are putting fitness trackers on toilet paper in China and uh, they're coming back with a heart rate, apparently. um, And this is written down on a reputable site that uh, a roll of paper, toilet paper did indeed show a heart rate of 81 (laughs) beats per minute. There is also a concern that a coffee mug has a heart rate of 72 beats per minute. And a banana has a heart rate of 77 beats per minute. Now, this isn't just some random fitness tracker. <laughs> this is the Apple Watch Series 4. And this is the Android Wear smartwatch. Now, um, because I'm not as smart as Tiffany, uh, I'm going to throw this her way and hope that she could possibly provide us some explanation as to why this is happening, maybe. Um... I can take a guess at it, but first I got to say, I would expect the coffee mug to have a higher heart rate, just knowing what caffeine does. Um, yeah, 100%. Seriously. Toilet paper, maybe a little less. <laughs> the banana, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, so I'm guessing, like the big question was how long did they put it on there? Like, did they take it off of their wrist and put it on in 10 seconds and take this measurement? Or like, was it 10 minutes, mm. you know? Because I do think once you take the watch off, it's still reading... You know, I think there's probably a calculation time there the, uh, where it's oh, reading yeah, in a yeah. little dead spot, you know, because um, I do notice when I'm running, 
okay, walking, I walk. Um, when I'm walking <laughs> fast, you know, no sometimes judgment. my heart rate will be <laughs> no, will be much higher um, on the watch, but I've slowed down or vice versa. Like I've sped up, I'm like sprinting, which is still walking for me, but um, <laughs> it's like s- still low. And, you know, so I'm guessing it's just a misreading, uh, but I don't actually know enough about the trackers. But I am curious. I have a water bottle here. Maybe I'll I'll see what its heart rate is. Yeah, just throw a <laughs> yeah. So uh, looking at looking at the article here, um, and and I, I, we're we're just gonna lead on Tiffany because my my ignorance here is just is phenomenal. Um, but it says to it says uh, to to detect a heartbeat, trackers beam a green light at a user's wrist. Blood absorbs green light. Uh, FYI. So when blood flows faster, it absorbs more green light. This process, known as photoplethysmography, photoplethysmography, p h o t o p l e t h y s m o g r a p h y p p g for short for um, you medically educated folks out there. Uh, are, that's probably not even medical. I'm making stuff up. Is a relatively simple way it detects how fast your user's heartbeat is beating. So it sounds like these fitness trackers use green light. They shoot green light into a surface, which is usually your wrist. And that's how they determine what your heart rate is based on how much light is reflected back into the smartwatch, I'm assuming. Um, well, oddly enough. Right? My water bottle has a heart rate of 113. (laughs) There you go. And since it's clear, you can see the green light reflecting back uh, to the watch. Ah, So um, everything's alive, people. Everything. Everything is alive or everything is a lie. It's 144 now. (laughs) (laughs) So. So that, I mean, so I guess that goes to show, like the way that it's not actually tracking the beat of your heart; it's based on how fast the blood is flowing through your veins, and and that's how much that's absorbing in the green light, and how much is being reflected back onto the surface. Now, I, I just feel like now I feel like I should be on Big Bang because I just <laughs> learned something, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use that at some point tomorrow when I'm talking to somebody, I don't know who it's going to be. It's going to be online or something, but I'm going to be like, Oh, did you, did you know, <laughs> by the way, uh, cause I'm a smart guy. Um, and I know how water, how sensors work. Um, but that's, that's pretty interesting that somebody would put it on toilet paper, but I imagine like the lower the heart rate means the less reflective the material is. And that's probably why, um, the toilet paper had the highest, well, no, maybe it's the opposite. I don't know. Because we think toilet paper would have the highest reflection because it's white. But maybe toilet paper absorbs more because it's white. Um, and then the coffee mug and the banana is yellow. And that's kind of in the middle. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. So uh, if you guys know, if there's someone out there. I just I just want to know who who was sitting there, you know, presumably on the toilet and said, I should really see if this tracker works on my toilet paper like you're totally yeah. right you're totally that's right. like the most i mean i've had some some really bad ideas in my life but i don't think like that would ever be one of them but who knows <laughs> you know maybe maybe i'm you know giving myself too much credit here well, i'm gonna be honest i i get random ideas on the toilet i mean not i mean doesn't everybody aren't you just well yeah yeah i mean because you're sitting there <laughs> You're just sitting there. We've reached an all new low on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, like it, it might have been somebody that's antsy and like they just like took their watch off and was like playing while they were doing their business and was like, oh, I'm just gonna let maybe let's see if my watch fits the toilet paper roll. Is it too thick for my watch to fit around it? Yeah, you know what I mean. And all right, all oh, right, so then it could have okay. even it could have even been premeditated where it was like, oh, well, the watch isn't gonna fit. At this size, I'm gonna have to go a few more times, come back, and right. then put okay. it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. TMI. Let's edit. Let's TMI. Edit that TMI. Out. Yeah, edit that out. Clay, if you hear this whole section, let's just take that out. Hit that 15 uh, second ma- fast forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hit that 15 second fast forward button, or Clay, edit that out and put like some opera music there, uh, just to, just to, just to kind of soothe to soothe people back to uh, where the podcast needs to be. 
Um, and uh, talking about where the podcast needs to be, keeping it awkward here, this is a transition to a new topic. Uh, I figure I should say it just so everybody understands. Um, going to the basketball world, uh, there was some really big news today and a bit surprising news to me, to be honest. Uh, Joel Embiid has made the jump from Adidas to Under Armour, and um, it's it's an interesting move. Um, and there's a couple reasons for that. There's there's always the theory that big men can't sell shoes, and Joel Embiid is obviously a big man, um, not just because he's in the NBA. He's like a big man for a, a big man. Um, and so there's a I, I, I'm, my concern is like, will he be able to sell shoes? But at the same time, um, generally, big men aren't that engaging. I don't, and I, I don't mean to make a, a just a sweeping generalization about all big guys. But for the most part, when you're the bigger guys in the NBA, they aren't the most character-driven individuals. I'll say that. And uh, athletically, they're amazing. But for Joel Embiid, it's like the opposite. He is incredibly character driven he's funny he's hilarious he's very engaging on twitter and instagram so my my concern is like i I wonder like why would adidas give him up he seemed like such uh such an asset to me i mean i think that adidas basketball is in a tough spot to even you know they they've they've been struggling for i think we even talked about it you know maybe a few weeks back and they've been struggling to kind of find solid ground um they've had a lot of a lot of great shoes without a without the uh without the the right faces to you know kind of take them to the next level i think that you know like dame lillard and james harden are amazing dudes and i think that they're great players for the brand but i don't think that either of them has the the big enough personality to kind of like take that next leap up for Adidas, and um, you know Under Armour. Under Armour's been hungry to get into basketball beyond Steph Curry. Like I think Steph is right. is an amazing player. He's going to sell a lot of shoes, but he's not he's not the typical basketball. Um, I, I don't know what the right word is, but he, archetype. Yeah, like he he just doesn't have the the kind of the like over the top swagger that basketball players are known for, right? And that to me is where like like you hit the nail on the head with the, you know, Embiid is like the the biggest personality especially for for a big man, right? He's the biggest personality we've seen since probably Shaq. And, you know, right, right. And yeah. and to me, there's a huge opportunity for him to really do some some cool stuff in the space, especially you know, we've had the conversation many times about how basketball has to kind of lead the entire business of footwear in a sense. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be like crazy, you know, to the point where it was in the 90s or, or through some of the Jordan years. But it absolutely needs to be a big part of the like that base layer of what the footwear business needs for all these brands to kind of step on that and say, let me go to the next level. And, and I think that hopefully, you know, he's able to kind of be himself and you know push the under armor i guess uh vibe a little bit more because yeah. you know curry yeah. curry is is too reserved and as much as he's like got a great personality a lot of people don't really get to know him enough you know at this point and right. and and you know part of that is him you know having kids and wanting to spend that time with them and the family. And I, and I respect that. Um, I also think that it leaves opportunity for other people like Embiid to come in and kind of like ham it up and play it up and be an entertainer on top of being a basketball player. He ha- he has, he definitely has that, that ability. Um, I think, and something that I, I really, this, it feels, and um, this may just be marketing at work, but it, this feels really personal with him. Um, I know part of part of the deal was like, yeah, I want an Under Armour shoe, and he'll be wearing the Hover um, shoe, which has their Hover tech. And um, 
quick quick side note, Tiffany, you reviewed the Hover yeah. uh, and as a running version of the shoe, right? What did you think about the Hover? I thought it was great. The The quality and the finish of it was really great. Um, they say it feels like your foot's wrapped in a pillow, and I, I thought it was total marketing BS, but I really liked it. I haven't tried the basketball shoe, but... Um, it's actually one of the most interesting, especially at that price point, um, cushioning and comfort right. systems. Like it's really well made. Yeah, so uh, something I've, I've always I've, I've wanted to ask you about this, and I don't know why I never have. Like what they have the hover, which is their cushioning, but they have that webbing around it as well. Um, can you can you kind of kind of walk us through like the technical side of that or what's the purpose of that? Yeah, so my understanding, and this is just literally from pulling stuff off the internet, but basically they have a piece of foam, and they create tension around that foam by putting that fabric on there. So think a trampoline mm-hmm. um, right. that's sitting on top of that that um, foam. So now you're using that mesh kind of material to control how that foam rebounds and how it compresses. So say without that mesh, you might just step into that foam and you just sink in, but that mesh is gonna like moderate it, if you will, to slow down mm. how you sink into it and how it reacts. And and if the mesh is taut enough, just like a trampoline, it might give you energy back and kind of bounce you back. You'd really have to cut it open and look at everything without adhesive and see how they independently act and then start putting them together to understand exactly how that works. My only concern would be it's a little bit high. It's a little bit tall of a technology. And I'm guessing Mm. they need those thicknesses to get the full action of what they're trying to do Um, for basketball. Like that would be one of my concerns, but he's a big guy. So, you know, he might compress it quite a bit. So it doesn't feel quite as tall. Yeah, I mean, because I've I've run in the hover a couple of times, and I do I do really like them. I do enjoy it, um, but it, like I always, you know, I I have what I think is my understanding of it. Like, uh, you know, the the energy web is to kind of um, I thought it, I thought it was more of a way to control the foam. Um, that maybe it's like a, like a react or like a boost where like it's not as stable, and the energy web helps kind of control where you go in the shoe but that would probably be more the carrier which is that um the um anafoam that they put around it i think as well or that eba that they put around it as well yeah they'd both be doing that they'd be working together i'm I'm guessing one is controlling when you step into it and one is controlling when you're coming out of it maybe a little bit more but i don't know exactly awesome. we'd we'd have to chat with someone from under armor from, from under chat with someone from un- <clears throat> someone from Under Armour. <laughs> we could talk. We could talk about hover hmm. technology. Someone from Under Armour, if you're listening. Um, but uh, back to back to Joel. So what the uh, I was saying, it feels personal about this, and he said he's going to wear the hover, and that eventually he wants to, he does want to have his own shoe. Um, speaking of his own shoe, I know we kind of talked about this on the show. I'm going on a whole bunch of tangents. He owns the trademark to the process. Um, yeah. So big shout out to him for taking control of of his future and and knowing that that's being branded with him and like taking control of that and knowing the trademark. So maybe he'll have a process one come down the line, which is something that he technically owns as far as the name of that shoe, which I think is dope. But part of this is I'm saying it feels personal, which we've been, I've been trying to get out for the last ten minutes, <laughs> um, is that he is going to to use this as an opportunity to do basketball camps in Philly as well as in his home country of Cameroon, which I think is really dope, like to have that sort of perspective on it where it's like, yeah, I'm going to do this, but more it's about me giving back and inspiring the next generation. For those that don't know uh, Joel's story, he fell in love with basketball through a basketball camp that he was invited to. um, (laughs) And he feels like that he wants to impart that same sort of inspiration on the next Joel Embiid or the next kid. So... I just think that's really amazing that he's able to that he was able to do that and to shape his deal kind of around that that personal mission of making you know making others better as opposed to just being like hey just pay me pay me and I'll come over to Under Armour although I'm sure they paid him to come to Under Armour at the end of the day. Yeah, and, yeah, and he's got a really interesting story. Like, if you read the 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 intro they have on Under Armour's website, like he's got a great story. Like, to me, this is a different kind of athlete. Like, he's certainly phenomenal, but if he if he isn't, you know, the best 
NBA player in the next few years. He still has such an amazing story that, mm-hmm. like, I feel like I would pay attention to it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I, I think, too, like, you know, Under Armour's basketball program has been, you know, such a long... Uh, it's It's been a very slow process for them to get to where they're at right now. And I, I'm sure you've met Chris Stone over there, right, Jacques? Yeah. yeah. And, 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 like, he's one of those, like, those guys that's, like, uh, just seems like one of the, like, nicest, most likable guys in the business to me. And I think that the the pace that they're going even though it might not be the traditional let me just you know like take puma for example throwing all this money into basketball one season just to jump back in you know under armor does a lot of stuff in basketball but they're doing the right things and they're taking their time to do the right things which i think you know speaks to that whole like kind of making it personal making the whole experience for these athletes um you know bigger than basketball you know and that's in their words right bigger than basketball but like that that to me just means that you're going to have a much more a much longer you know at least a potential for a much longer relationship between the the brand and the athlete i think i think that's and that's the way to go i think for every brand athlete it should it should feel this personal these deals should feel like they mean this much to everyone um, that's involved and like this personal story that Joel's obviously that's Joel's told and that he's going to be able to tell even more through the brand is I think it's the kind of story that marketing people like would die for um, and I'm, I'm just happy that he he's going to be able to expand on it I really I really hope to see something grow from it yeah me too um, moving on to something um, that I found super interesting on the web today um nike react mid runner so nike has been doing some really interesting things with react we know we have the element 85 which i believe that was last week we talked about it or maybe two episodes ago uh an episode or two ago if you guys go check those out we talked about the the react element 55 the react element 87 um they also have the epic react and they also had the hyperdunk 2017 in which they used react um, and now we're going to see it's, it's in Jordan stuff. It's going to be in lifestyle product from Jordan. But there's a new team over at Nike. And I don't even know if it's new or if this is something that I just didn't know about. There's a team called ISPA that works at Nike that does these really different sort of designs on Nike shoes. And this new Nike React runner looks like it's taking that avant-garde or outside-the-box sort of styling um, full throttle. And I'm not sure if I like it or if I don't like it. I just I just find it interesting if that's, if that's okay. <laughs> that thing is funky. <laughs> that's a good word. That's a that's I mean, a good word for it. Funky. There's a lot going on with these straps, and clearly they're just reusing the '87 tooling. I mean, you know, they're right. just getting their money out of that tooling, which is fine. I hope they fix the upper issues. Like, it's interesting. It's a different look. It looks a little bit chaotic. You know, it looks a little crazy. But so did the Element '87, and the um, well, the '55 looked like it, but. Um, it's super interesting, especially I just did a review of the KD Big Kids shoe, and it's an all React mm-hmm. midsole, and it doesn't have. Oh really? Yeah, it doesn't have the rubber cup sole around it like the KD Eleven. So the KD Eleven men's shoe has React foam with a full length Zoom airbag on top. The kids shoe just has the React foam, no airbag, and no like rubber cup sole. So. This, to me, oh. reminds me of that a little bit, because this is also a mid-top, um, but that's a right. knit upper. This Is is this say if it's a knit upper on this shoe? It doesn't really say. The uh, pixelness or the pixelated swoosh makes me think it looks knit to me, yeah. which now that would be very interesting. A mid-top knit uh, with laces and react underfoot. That's... Yeah, it's it's really um, yeah, the, it, like I don't. I'm like you, Jacques. I don't know if the the ISPA or whatever is is a you know a thing that's been around for a while, but it reminds me of you know it's kind of like a cross between ACG and Nike Lab, and it reminds me of yeah um, yeah. It reminds me of the 
like I think it was a Nike Lab Gator or something like that, where it was like a, a the the one wrap around. It was like a shroud, and it just wrapped all the way around. And then also like the commuter from a couple of years ago that was like the clasps. And, oh and yeah, that. it's very similar to that in that it's like a you know a big, not a big but like a mid top where it's a little bit bulkier, um, but like taking you know the React cushioning and and tooling and throwing on the bottom of it. So I I don't know. It's I mean I like funky stuff like this, so I'll be happy to uh, test them out. But <laughs> like. Test them out, see what, see what it feels but like. But they're definitely one of those shoes that I could, I, I just don't see them being hugely popular. But I could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So it says that the ISPA stands for Improvise, Scavenge, Protect, and Adapt. Um. So. Uh, I mean, I adapt. Exactly. I don't think so. Like nothing adapts like the hyper adapt. <laughs> Like, come on, people. <laughs> passive adaptive is BS. Like, don't use the word adapt if, unless you're really adapting. Okay. Yes, you're Let really adapting. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so it looks like this, uh, looking at this, it says that, that it's a TPE, a synthetic TPE upper. What is? Do you know what TPE is, Tiffany? Um, yeah, it's a pla- it's a polymer, but that doesn't mean like what I don't know is if that is um knit woven or just a single layer material. TPE upper. That doesn't oh. that doesn't make any sense at all cuz you it looks like there's overlays um on it. Yeah. It, yeah, it looks like there's like some ribbons or something uh and then like if if you look, I'm going to uh, there's, it looks like the the blue or the, the the sections on the side looks like they're laid across. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah. It's it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting looking shoe, and I th- I kind of feel like it's it's like what kind of what you said. Now a mix between ACG and Nike Lab, Nick. Like I feel like they're going with these like urban commuter, very futuristic sort of styles. I kind of feel like that's where the root of the '87 is. Like this ACG ish off-white yeah like it's like this mix of like acg and off-white and nike lab and like this urban vibe and like all those things and trying to combine all of those things together to create the look that we we see here it's definitely an interesting shoe um i don't know when it's going to release uh for those of you that are interested in it um it doesn't say anything from what i understand it could possibly be holiday or early in 2019 but again that's just rumors and we're just throwing that out there i don't know i I can't confirm that any of that is accurate but it's an interesting look they have it in that blue they have it in white also um and then they also you know they obviously have it on top of the react 87 um outsole or midsole tiffany one last question for you about this shoe what does that piece in the back on the heel do um you know i'm still caught up on this tpe so tpe is a thermoplastic (laughs) elastomer and i was like man i've heard that recently and i think the boost pellets are tpe also um which thermoplastic elastomer means it's a it's a plastic with basically elastomeric principles after it's heated so it's, it's a plastic that stretches in simplest terms so it can cover a lot of materials um but yeah boost is referred to as a TPE. okay sorry material on the back the heel like the heel Right, right at the heel on 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 the React, like Edelman eighty seven. Oh yeah, Epic React. They have that that plastic piece that goes across the heel. Yeah, I, that's like a very very short heel counter, if you will, external um, to give some okay. stability. I think it's probably a TPU material, and I think it's giving a little bit of stability between the upper and the tooling. If you notice that midsole has quite a ledge on it, so there's like a shelf there yeah. until you get to the upper. And I'm guessing that they had to put this in there to give it a little bit more stability in the heel. Um, and there's also these designs are very interesting. You know, the Epic React doesn't, I can't remember if it has a heel counter in it. Um, so this might be in place of a heel counter on some shoes, but it's definitely an element of stability. Yeah, the, the Epic React has a heel counter. It's not a very like oh, that's right thick yeah. heel counter. Um, but there there is there is one there. 
Um, but it's interesting. It's an interesting shoe. So if you guys haven't had a chance to look at it, it's the uh, React Lifestyle shoe. They're calling it the React ISPA. I'm not sure if that's the actual name uh, of the shoe or that's something that everyone's just kind of making up uh, because they don't have a name for it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just the mid-top React. Just search mid-top React silhouette and I think it'll come up. Um, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Hypebeast is actually calling it the React Runner Mid W-R-I-S-P-A. Um, I don't know what W-R stands for in this situation, but again... Who am I? Anyway, all right, moving on. Uh, the a cool story about Adidas that the CEO of Adidas uh, is talking a little trash to uh, these. Uh, I'm gonna. I don't know if I I should say this, but these high end companies that are stealing from the uh, athletic brands. <laughs> um, I guess that's that's the best way to say it. Uh, and basically, he says that these brands. They're not even. They're not a threat to the athletic giants, and I kind of feel like he's right. Um, one, from I say for two perspectives, and you guys can hop in and tell me if I'm completely off here. One is price point because they're obviously charging these luxury brands are charging these crazy prices for their sneakers, and two is from a performance standpoint, these luxury brands aren't creating performance styles in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I think that there's no, they're not pushing forward technology in any way, right? Everything that you get from, you know, uh, you know, a Balenciaga or whatever is very, I don't want to like disrespect the, what they do, because obviously it takes a lot to build the shoes that they're creating, but it's almost like all of the mm -hmm. kind of styles, the cues and the technology are just borrowed from somebody else. Right. Where, you know, you think of like Adidas or Nike under armor, all of these like athletic brands, whether it's 3d printing or, you know, woven uppers, all the different things, you know, um, you know, power lacing, those kind of things. Obviously, that that's the stuff that that's going to drive the business forward, right? So I don't know. <laughs> I don't see it as a yeah, as it, a threat. Yeah, he's right. I mean, you know, the market's so small for in fashion. You know, they they take every piece of fashion there is. Like sometimes it's hats. You know, sometimes it's mostly you know clothes. But like every element of fashion, sometimes it's belts. Sometimes it's the fact that there's no clothes. You know, and they just make these really outlandish things to inspire and change the fashion. So I think the fact that they, you know, sneakers were, why not jump on that bandwagon? Everybody else is. But when you look at the function of it, you know, I think the uh, the thing I like about it is like, okay, they finally might have a piece of fashion that's comfortable. <laughs> Cause like it, yeah. a lot of the heels and, and things like that, like they're super tall, they're super pointed, you know, it's all about shapes and they're not, known right. for comfort you know like a balenciaga high heel is not exactly comfortable although some women would say it is so here you know they're just really going crazy with this sneaker thing and the price point alone makes it so it's not collectible i mean yeah. i don't think it's probably collectible and and even like some of them i wonder if they're even really wearable because like the outriggers on the heel and i don't know what else to call it there but I mean, it's literally like two inches sticking off of your heel. I don't know how you walk in that, you know, like that's going right. to hit the ground. <laughs> so like, again, it's for that visual <laughs> kind of shock and ah, uh, but. Okay. <laughs> so, so question, well, question for you, Tiffany, as, as a designer, though, can these, and I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate here, can these luxury brands push the aesthetic further than an athletic brand normally would on themselves and can their athletic brands pull from that or are you just like no they're just or is it just like they're just copying basically um i think i think they could a little and if you look at like some of these shoes and then you look at the shoe we just talked about this mid-top element like the colors are a bit outlandish there's like extra straps and things going on so you can tell that they are influencing the footwear market but I don't know if, yeah, I, I don't know if they 
would necessarily push any type of technology or anything like that. I don't think, you know, they're not making enough shoes. Like if you make a thousand pair of something, if they're even making a thousand pair, that's still like a prototype run. That's no, that's not the volumes, you know, that any of these other brands are making. They're making thousands, if not millions of pairs. So different process. Um, Did I answer your question? I can't remember your question. (laughs) 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 Oh, I love it. I love when Tiffany goes on a tangent. Uh, I started no, no, a new job. My brain is mush. Like this is chaos. No, nah, it was perfect. You an- you answered the question perfectly. I, th- I think we I think we all agree. Um, I was I was trying to be- play devil's advocate here, but it's obviously not working. Um, but it's, it seems like we all agree that like the luxury brands are no threat, and they're not gonna they're not gonna even approach the the sort of loyalty and sort of performance that you can get from an athletic brand like adidas or nike or under armor or something like and, that and yeah. you could they can you try. could look back at like all of the you know luxury brands and all of the sneakers that they've made over the years and you know like the like pinnacle of luxury brands making athletic footwear um would be 1984 gucci tennis shoe right that shoe became you know, essentially what like the S Carters were with Reebok, they basically, you know, turned into a bunch of different hip hop shoes because they were like the D-boy shoe of the 80s, right? If you were the man on the block, you were buying those Gucci tennis shoes and, but there was no technology to them whatsoever. Like, you know, they are, they're a beautiful shoe. They're ridiculously high-end leather and you know, I I think they yeah. probably retailed for between three and five hundred dollars even back then. But at the end of the day, there was nothing to the shoe that was that was unique enough to, in my opinion, to you know drive the actual what we look at as like the culture of sneakers or you know the footwear business in any way. It was just like a trend that they happened to kind of hit the right you know like design at the right yeah. time and and land on enough you know get enough publicity out of it to be kind of regarded in that way and i i can't even think yeah. of another another luxury brand that has even had that kind of success i mean this the balenciaga stuff is probably you know the most recent that's had that kind of success but nothing yeah. else if you if you look at their classics too from all these fashion brands like like the outlandish yeah. stuff never becomes a classic. The classic is always mute, black, really simple, um, and just beautiful, right? right? So it's not like yep. that's what they're targeting with yeah. these. So like it's like a Chanel jacket versus a, you know, a Dior or a, not Dior but Balenciaga um, heel. Again, it's just super simple classic silhouettes, and they're clearly not going with it. But like I think it's interesting. Oh, you're learning how to make shoes, sneakers more. Like cool. Let's see yeah. where you go next. Yeah, it'd be be amazing for them to create the next uh, performance shoe that you see on the basketball court. That'd be amazing. Oh, that'd be um, so I cool. Doubt. But I doubt it's going. To, I doubt it's going to happen though. Like I, I don't know. I feel like there's such an investment to do something like that, and um, I don't know if that's not something. I feel like that's not something they're willing to invest in. Uh, but anyway, yeah. man, that's just my thoughts. You guys, let us know what you think. Um, can the luxury brands create something that you think will rival what we see in? the athletic market from adidas nike or under armor or something like that and i i I often kind of wonder like would these balenciaga like dad shoes would they even be as popular as they are now if there wasn't the internet i feel like the internet made them popular um more than they would be if this was just back in the day when you had to kind of search for sneakers i don't know if these would still be as popular as they are now but maybe that's just me i don't know let us know um send us a comment at outside pods on Instagram and on Twitter, um, and this is um, this is a bit of a sad moment I'm going to take here because we are maybe five episodes into telling you guys that we will uh, provide you with relationship advice, <laughs> and none of you, not one single tweet, has come to us uh, asking for relationship advice and. I am starting to find it insulting. So, um, you know what? And this is going to be the last time we offer it. So, uh, <laughs> if you want to get your life together, if you want to fix your relationship, 
Um, this is the podcast you come to for answers. And uh, right now, I'm 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 flabbergasted to be honest. I'm flabbergasted and I'm hurt. It's hurtful of you guys not to talk to us about your relationships and let us all in your business. Um, but if that's the life you want to live, then that's the life you choose to live. You go ahead and live that life. Uh, anyway, sorry. Sorry to go on that tangent, guys. But I just I had to say it. Uh, it was on my mind and it was bothering me and I was hurt about it. Um, but getting back to the show, this is the Outside uh, outside the Box podcast. I am Jock Slade. We want to thank you guys for listening. We always appreciate it. Um, but as you know, this show could not go on without the other two individuals on the show. Um, you guys are probably already tired of me talking. Um, and with that being said, you can find me at Cousteau on Instagram, Twitter, and all over the internet. But more importantly, check for Nick Ingvall. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Nick Ingvall on all platforms, N-I-C-K-E-N-G-V-A-L-L. But uh, as we discussed at the beginning of the show, I think... Uh, even even with Tiffany starting a new job and quote brain as mush, she's still smarter than both Shock and I collectively. So you're gonna want to follow her, and True. she'll tell you True. how to do that. Uh, you can find me at Tiffany Beers, T I F F A N Y B E R S on Instagram and YouTube. And Jacques, I was thinking about this. Maybe Twitter isn't anonymous enough for these relationship questions. Oh, or okay. or maybe they need an example. Maybe, Jacques, you can throw us out an example, and, and Nick and I can work through it with you. <laughs> okay. Okay. I got that. I like that. I like that. I like that. Uh, maybe you guys need a proof of concept when it comes to relationship <laughs> advice. And uh, we can provide you that here on the Outside Pods, uh, which you can hit us on Twitter and Instagram. Remember, Twitter and Instagram. Just hit us. <laughs> or, um, you know what? We even have an email, uh, but I don't know it off the top of my head, so I'm not going to tell you until next week. Um, and with that being said, thank you guys for listening. Again, hit us on Outside Pods. Anything, your response to the show, feedback, you love it, you hate it, uh, you think we should stop, or you think we should record 100 episodes because you love it so much, which is really the responses that we're looking for. We need you to pad our egos. Well, I need you to pad my ego more than probably more than those guys. Uh, as always, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening slash watching. And uh, we'll see or talk to you guys soon. Peace.